This is Purple Radio On Demand. Hello and welcome to Who's Up Podcasts. I'm Jacob. I'm here with Christian. Morning. Martin. Yes, morning. <laughs> I like how I waited because I could see you taking a drink. But I won't come to you first. And you still managed to cock it up. So well done. And of course, we're here with Freya. Morning. Oh, don't you stop. <laughs> the revolution. <laughs> it is here. Oh, stay out of this cork. Right. So this week, for our bonus podcast, we're discussing the Peter Cushing Doctor Who movies, which include Doctor Who and the Daleks and Daleks Invasion of 2150 AD. So Doctor Who and the Daleks, it's... Both of these films are remakes of William Hartnell's story. So Doctor and the Daleks is a remake of the Daleks. Except in this, the Doctor is a human being who just sort of made the TARDIS. Barbara is his granddaughter. Ian is his granddaughter's boyfriend. And Susan is also his granddaughter, but she's only about eight years old. And they managed to set the TARDIS to travel to Scarrow. And I've not seen the Daleks. I'm assuming it's more or less the same, but quicker. Yes, definitely, because sort of the Daleks is a seven-part story. Although, to the movie, it gets into the plot really quickly. Although, in the show, it's not that Barbara has a really high libido and wants to just get with Ian on the spot, which causes him to throw in himself... Front in front of her sister as well. In front of your young uh, sister, exactly. Like, Susan's grown up fast. I mean, that's already better than the original Daleks, though, isn't it? <laughs> So, like, the whole reason Daleks happens is because Barbara has a libido that just won't quit. Please stop using <laughs> Is that better than uh, Susan not checking the radiation reading in the actual show? That's <laughs> fine. Depends on your definition the radiation of better. Reading. What's your in this version? It's a child. So, if you said, yes, check the radiation. And okay, Susan, Susan as a child is more mature than Susan She's in pretty smart. I mean, she was explaining the workings of the TARDIS to Ian when he walked in. Like, she clearly sort of understands what's going on, hangs out a lot with her grandfather. I like how the uh, movie opens on Susan reading a book called Physics for Physicists or something like that. Physics for the but, Insightful Mind. Yeah, just such <laughs> not a mood. Like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> and then Barbara's reading one called Science Science. I don't think Barbara is a scientist, to be honest. No, but she's reading what, a book. What is she? She's <laughs> uh, kind of... She looks glamorous. Know. She had the classic 60s fashion about her. So the hair and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Barbara's character development besides she starts she had with hair. Every Durham student. Okay, well we sort of rambled on about the companions, but let's let's go on to the doctor himself, who somehow isn't in her notes, and I don't know how we missed Hey, that. I put him there. Look, the Peter bottom. Cushing is a doctor. <laughs> yeah, right, here. right at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> we go through these in the water. <laughs> I like he just calls okay. himself Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah, is that? Yeah, so is his surname Who? I think it is. Interesting. Was that? Yeah, it means Barbara Who, Susan Who, Clara. Well, it might who. not be Barbara Who. Susan, He's Susan just so who. happy as well to just like show Ian the secrets of the time. He's like, okay, yeah, let, let me just show you this thing. And Ian is so nonplussed that it's bigger on the inside. He's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what It's probably because I don't know how this got past production, but when they open the TARDIS doors from the outside, the lights come on yeah. and there's no glass in the window, so you can blatantly see the box is empty and they step inside and go, oh my God. Maybe that's the magic. 
<laughs> when you look through the window, it's not. Yeah, you just see the inside of a police box, and then you actually open the door, and it's a new world. It's like they made like, you know, they've gone to a forest, gone to this whole city. They've built. I mean, the console room is made out of, I think, a kettle and some string. A lot of. Could they have not have not afforded glass? It's such glass. a messy console room. It's such a messy console uh, console room. It's, yeah, yeah it's, it's not your traditional TARDIS. It's just sort of a lots of buttons and I think wires. Mess, and... I think the mess would have been fine if they were going for a cosy setting. So say they're going for um, seven TV movie TARDIS, right? Um, that has a lot of furnishings, but it's really cosy. Um, meanwhile, this one just looks like a mess. It looks, it looks like they're still making it. By some like random human guy who doesn't know how to sort of do it in a nice polished way, then surely that is how it would look? I guess. Also, they totally forget we have a scanner. I mean, the doctor nicked his. Like, clearly, he wouldn't have been able to make something as nice as the one he stole. No, we saw what he could make in uh, Doctor's Wife. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, it was just a very tight, tiny thing. (laughs) It was still nicer, and that design was literally made by a child. Maybe Susan Decon. Yes, as we mentioned last (laughs) time, I forgot about that. Yes, I'd like to thank you, by the way. Obviously, I was here, or wasn't here even, last week, and I've come back to my desk, and there's sort of a lot of tentacles and a paving slab on the floor I really don't want to touch. But aside from that, you did a very good job. Is that what you were up to? <laughs> <laughs> you were busy shoveling. <laughs> Somehow, I didn't see that backfiring, and I'm going to put it down to the fact I'm very overworked. Don't worry, we all are. Peter Cushing, uh, we've gone through... Well, we've sort of gone through the companions. So, Susan's there, Barbara's there, Ian is... I forget, does the original Daleks have files in it or not? Yes. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Okay. Yeah, so... Go and show us a picture. Yeah, I just didn't remember if I was from Daleks or just some other serial, because the, pl- the plot... Nation went everywhere. Yeah, I think the plot is basically the same in, in this film. Like, almost It is, except it's just in, this, in this one, for some reason, everyone is a hundred times more gullible, and the Daleks are just morons. Yeah. I, it's it's like a, a Dalek speedrun, I think, this this film. And like, That's what it needed. <laughs> and they're like, here, Susan, write this letter to the false borrowers. We're going to send it off. <laughs> and and the files are like, what could go wrong? These enemies of ours historically are inviting us for a free feast. And he literally says, what could go wrong? It's like, dude, are you listening to yourself? <laughs> like the actual plot of this movie is made... If they try to follow the same thing, but every character is so much dumber that it just doesn't make sense for cause and effect. And yeah, the Daleks... Go on. It's the Kieran Hodgson remakes, except it's just actually a film and not one guy on Twitter doing eight different characters. Yeah, and like, they, they try, for example, to recreate Ian's legs being paralysed. Um, he runs towards reason, the Daleks. <laughs> why does he run towards the Daleks? Like, there are less Daleks in the direction he was originally facing. He could have run up that way, but instead he runs into the Daleks. I absolutely why? love the leg paralysing scene in the original version, just because he gets explained how it's going to paralyse him for about five minutes. Then he gets paralysed, tries to stand, and goes, 
my legs don't work. My legs. legs. I can't feel my legs. And it's like they drag, like season, uh, not season. Um, no, it is season. The season and the doctor drag Ian into a cell with Barbara, and they just drop him like a sack of bricks. <laughs> <laughs> he just falls. Like they know his legs are paralyzed. They know he can't keep himself up, and they just drop him. It's what Why? he deserves. <laughs> it's basically his arc. He's just sort of a human cannonball. Like he's introduced. They open the door to. Doctor Who's house, and he just sort of goes headfirst into a grandfather clock. Yeah, <laughs> you know, knocks the hands off. He starts reading London 1965. It's and then later, the Doctor oh, decides to use Ian to like be like, okay, kidnap this fall uh, woman, and just Ian gets decked for it. <laughs> oh God, yeah, <laughs> I love that scene so much. It just was unexpected, but like, what? First of all, why did Ian agree to this? The Doctor barely explained well, what he was well, the doc- to do. The Doctor just winked at him. him. Yeah. Like, Which either I... means he knew it was a plan, or he decided to leave Barbara at the end of the serial for Peter Cushing. Ian is just such a sheep in this movie. He just like his moral compass is so low. Like the Doctor Wings, like yeah, go on, take her. We'll we'll be fine. And the Files deck him, and he's fine with the Doctor having caused this. And then like five minutes later, that that Files has got his arm around Ian, just sort of explaining the plan, going, "That's okay. Like we'll we'll go together and do the next bit." <laughs> I'm sorry I punched Maybe, you. Maybe this was initially as long as the original serial that just cut all of it out and you can't tell. It's just, I mean, it's exposition. There's so much of it. Every scene is explained. The Daleks are like, they're looking at what's going on. They're like, shall we go and uh, listen into their conversation? <laughs> shall we spy on it? Like, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, they kind of do that in the show as well. The Daleks in the 60s, uh, they, 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 just yeah, drag you don't on. need to say they're literally going to overhear the conversation. That's I just commend you, brother Christian, on that dark impression where you clearly went, I don't know how much effort to put into this. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so, so dumb. Like, yeah, I, I, the plot is ridiculous because it's the same plot, but every character is so much dumber. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, I've not seen the original, but it's not. It's was Seven parts. Like, I like the Dalek design. I will say this much. Oh, yeah. Oh, in the right. film. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I do. One of my only criticism is that the lights keep flashing. So they look like they're just <laughs> emergency vehicles just moving. <laughs> so, they're just muttering under the breath the whole time. <laughs> and like, the, the movie isn't supposed to be taken too seriously. Like, it's clearly aimed at a kids' audience. It's meant to be a bit of a joke. Scenes just don't make sense. And when they do, they're played off as comedy. Like, Ian managing to get on the lift and come back up just standing so proud of himself. And then suddenly the lift starts going down again. He has to jump out of the elevator before it. I mean, that's great. He does that a lot. Like, when he jumps over the cavern as well, <laughs> he just sort of smirks at Barbara. So, like, it's easy. Come on, you can do it. Yeah. He's expect the ground. Although he is completely whipped by Barbara um, in this rendition. Oh yes, definitely. He's <laughs> <laughs> whipped by everyone. I'm genuinely surprised that isn't in our notes. <laughs> That's how I explained it yesterday. Um, someone joined in later to watch, and we're like, "What did I miss?" And I, I went down what's happened in the plot so far, and ended with, "Oh, by the way, Ian is totally whipped." <laughs> I put Ian being clumsy. That's all I put. It, no. <laughs> it's, it's not the same, and you know it. You say that as if Ian isn't whipped in the original show, but just trying not to show it. <laughs> He's so whipped for Barbara I mean, the entire yeah, time. Every no, time actually, he looks at her, he yeah, goes, but, oh. but but Ian and Babs are just goals in the original series. I love them so much. They are great. They're yeah. so sweet. Like everyone ships Ian and Babs. It's what you want. <laughs> 
were they were they married in canon like before Davies did it in Death the Doctor? Um, uh, I mean, I don't know if it was canon, but like when they leave in the chase, you get a whole montage of them exploring London together um, in 1965. The assumption is just that they're going to get married. Um, and it very well could have come in a previous book as well. Uh, for the record, by the way, uh, I got bored last night and started Googling and I found a video of William Russell actually, like nowadays, saying London 1965. <laughs> Can you send me that, please? Yeah. Yes, I will send you it all. I need to see that. <laughs> I think it's on, um, it was Know Your Meme. He must have done it for the Twitch stream. And it was, yeah. I, yeah. it was I kind of remember something like it that was, happening. Uh, the it internet just October, exploded. I think it was October 2018. The meme was, what, May? Yeah, so the, the Twitch uh, stream before this, the BBC uh, Doctor Who YouTube actually had a video of um, them returning to Earth and with a London 1965 part. And it was called something like Ian and Barbara let- return to London in the chase. Leave the, they leave the doctor but, or something like that. But when that meme hit off, the BBC YouTube retitled the video to London 1965. That was also in the article, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, the, the whole like social media presence of Doctor Who, they, they, they really do take their memes into account. <laughs> yeah, classic Who is and so much embracing the meme. Big finish. A big finish as well, yeah, but the, like the, the YouTube channel is self-aware. And like the Blu-ray trailers for the classic Who seasons are all just taking fun of the season itself. Like, like all of the asking Louise to subscribe James videos as well. Robots of Death. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and she's just towering over it. Freya will know the picture. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm going to talk about Gallifrey yet. <laughs> Should we should we move it on? Yeah, why not? So then we have Daleks Invasion Earth 2150 AD. This one, Ian's gone by this point. And Barbara. You still have, well, okay, Susan's still there, but you don't have Barbara. You have Louise, who is Doctor Who's niece, and Tom, a police officer played by Bernard Cribbins, who's wands into the TARDIS, goes, oh, there's a crime going on. And the doctor says, Cool, we're just going to go to the year 2150 AD. <laughs> just straight up kidnapped. Just kidnapped a police officer, as you do. And then they land, and it's the the plot of the Dalek invasion of Earth. Yeah. There's Daleks and the Bed of Earth, and there's Robomen and all that jazz. Quite Which literally, again, in fact. Like rushes through the... I, I mean, again, the serial of the TV show, I feel drags as too long. Six parts is way too long for that story. Is that eight? But, no, it's six. I do have principal issues with how they execute Invasion of Earth because part of the charm I thought when it happened in the TV oh, show was that it's Ian and Barbara and Susan again against the Daleks. Yeah, while the fact that they read Bernard Cribbins and Louise don't know the Daleks, so they don't have as much history with them. Yeah, the cliffhanger now, to part one um, when the Dalek comes out of the water. They, they it's literally so just rush good in that. the actual TV show. We can see the ter- look of terror on William Hartnell and Ian's face as the Dalek is emerging from the water, they're like, oh, oh no. But you only see that with the Doctor. And it's not even that much of a look of terror. It's just like, oh, Daleks are here. Cool. Well, yeah, but Dalek literally just comes sliding out really quickly. They just don't care. Yeah. Like, it's, and then it completely dismisses that scene because you know, it, it's moving on quicker. But Yeah, like adaptation for adaptation's sake. But I think if we are talking about how good an adaptation is, that is one of the misses. I think yeah. that they don't, take that iconic scene and play it homage as much they just say oh yeah it's a thing that happens let's move mm. on which is yeah could have been developed more 
Yeah. Well, I, I'm going to be honest. I tuned out of a lot of this episode. Oh yeah, I was uh, doing I my computing project code. <laughs> I was distracted I by the jazz. Like, there's so much. The music in this episode, just an episode film. Great. It's it's great. I love it, but it's so so upbeat that, and jazzy. I was not expecting it. I think the fact that the majority of the episode is just this background music made me want to code so much more because it's good just to filter out. I might listen to the soundtrack a little bit, like TLC or something <laughs> later. Lo-fi Dalek jazz beats to listen to while studying. <laughs> I mean, I think an issue with this one is that the Daleks are still as dumb as bricks as ever. Yeah. However, they somehow managed to feel more boring, I think, in some regards. Like, I still had fun, but I don't know. It felt like instead of doing completely new stuff with them, it was just like a rehash. The, the only scene I remember way. that was pretty good was when the guy sold the Doctor out to the Daleks. So there's like a semicircle of Daleks around the wooden house. And they take the doctor away, and then they just stare at the dude that sold him out. It was just like saying, no, not saying a word, but you can feel the atmosphere. Oh of, yes. Oh, oh, you're dead now. Yeah. Thanks for your uh, usefulness. No, <laughs> you're going to die now. That's a brilliant scene. Honestly, I love that like, scene. Yeah, it's that's such great. a Dalek menace. Mm. Like you don't revolution here, but you don't bargain with Daleks and survive, right? And I'm glad that there's media to show us that. Um, in Gallifrey Time War, Father was someone who also tried to bargain with Daleks. He did not survive. Like, you don't bargain with dogs to survive. It was quite a satisfying scene, though, that. Yeah, it is. I'm like, so seeing this guy who, you know, betrayed to the Daleks, like, no, your usefulness is over. You die now as well. Um, Very spectacular way as well. Yeah. The Daleks gas you instead of exterminating you with lasers now, which is a big change in these movies. I mean, it was I'm not of... going to say what I just thought. Of. Yeah, I, I think Move I on. know exactly what you thought. Yeah, okay. Don't we say are that. definitely on the but, same page. Um, yeah, no, I think I got that too. It was... Okay, good. It, it sort of was that in the TV show. I don't quite... Because they didn't have the budget for a laser effect until, I guess... When did they start shooting lasers? Would it have been Day of the Daleks? All I can tell you is they're doing Destiny. <laughs> At least the Dalek plungers were useful in these two movies because they got to hold things on a tray and just... Oh, yeah, they had the claws as well. claws. I like the claws. I mean, my, my, my flatmate made an interesting point, like, which Dalek made the food? <laughs> and who, and do they, like, pass the tray on to another Dalek? Is there, like, a serving Dalek, a, Dalek, a chef, chef Dalek? It just cracked the... Are you just trying to make ratatouille with Daleks? <laughs> the Dalek strategist, but it's actually the Dalek chef in Enemy of My Enemy. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Wait, so what <laughs> like, what I gave you your battery you not happy. Sorry, Frey. <laughs> no, I'm just like having ideas here. But what if they had like a glass thing at the front of their armor with like two holes through to put tentacles out so they can like make food with those? <laughs> this is what uh, the new Eddie is our sketch sequel to Death Star Canteen, Starlet Canteen. <laughs> I would like the penne a la Ababiata. <laughs> you will need a tray. <laughs> if you've never seen, would that you one, like sauce funny. with that? <laughs> oh, there's um, there's an audio. We are the Daleks, where the Daleks serve volivants to people. So they're pretending to be um, waiters at this um, event, and they're like, "Would you like some volivants?" <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, that reminds me of the Iron Sides that would go around with yeah. the yeah, stuff. I, I met one of those at a convention, and it knocked my fez off. 
<laughs> oh, it's actually short enough that it just metaphorically or literally. No, li- quite literally. <laughs> probably like side swiped. Yeah, no, I got too close. It extended the plunger and just knocked it straight off my head. Speaking oh, of extendable so. plungers, the plungers in the Doctor Who and the Daleks were so long, it just kept <laughs> extending. This, I just want to tell my own anecdote for you saying about the Ironside. Uh, when I went to see Day of the Doctor, I went to uh, my local cinema who were showing it. And I think I had a Fez and a Sonic Screwdriver, and they had a Dalek there just crowing the grounds. And it came up to me and it looked at me because I had the Fez and it's genuinely terrifying. You and then walk away. Does that mean you're an important point in the future? Are you going to be on the Mars base in 2059? He's probably going to die on the Mars base <laughs> in 2059. Don't drink the water. <laughs> That's my top tip. I could live. Some of those people <laughs> lived. Majority. Not in the original <laughs> cut. <laughs> Oh god! What was I gonna? Yeah, I mean, Daleks. (laughs) I think I think in Invasion of Earth, and particularly the Invasion of Earth, I think a lost point here is that we're not invested in companions. Like I don't care about Louise. I don't care about Bernard Cribbins' police officer. You care because he's Bernard Cribbins. But he's Bernard Cribbins. Exactly. In hindsight, I care. I I I will say that scene where he's pretending to be a Robo Man. (laughs) How did none of the Robo Men? like clock he literally shoves them out of the way to get into formation do they not have like a sort of nudge and response sort of thing like if you are activated you attack like probably not it's such a stupid i mean it's funny but it's such a stupid scene yeah like, <laughs> he should have been caught out especially when the dalek was there sort of giving them food well yeah but you summarize these movies as they're just a bit stupid they're they dumb, are <laughs> they are just a bit dumb on the plot because they're trying to adapt stuff while also having changed stuff but the original stuff, they don't adapt to their adaptation. So they're going plot to point, uh, point in a way that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, well, should we discuss the Daleks' plan? Because I think this is the same as um, yes, the is. original. Yes. But the plan is to dig down to the magnetic core of the Earth mm-hmm. and then use it to somehow literally pilot the planet. Yeah, that's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just, Independence Day Resurgence but even more crap well, okay so the ending actually is slightly different so in Invasion of Earth the humans just have a straight up revolution against the Daleks and defeat them yeah. in this one they defeat the revolution but instead when the, the when the bomb explodes on where the south and mag- north magnetic poles meet I have no idea what it explodes in the wrong place apparently it made no sense point (laughs) is the Daleks get magnetized towards and crushed which is basically doomsday but with extra crushing rip to anyone who has like a pacemaker or something (laughs) it's doomsday plus like fly towards it falling down the reactor shaft and return the Jedi yes yeah I haven't watched Star Wars but yes you never watched Star Wars no neither have I not a lot Uncultured. of race, but in fact, I'm a terrible sci-fi nerd. That's why you're a fan of Doctor Who. Yeah, apparently. Oh. <laughs> Take us all down with that. Yeah. But it's... I do like the implication. It's it's love of monsters again, isn't it? They t- no, they that's get next the Sunday. Limi- no, no, they get rid of the limitation field and then they get absorbed by the Earth. Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense, the plot. It doesn't yeah, but make the Doctor sense. didn't fetch a spade this time. It's fun and flashy. Put an ice stuff. Do the fetching. He just told Elton to go fetch, which means he's like the second companion in that series to have to go fetch spades. Oh no, it was a P 
pickaxe <laughs> Rose got, wasn't it? Yeah, no, yeah. That's... Two episodes from each other that just need a tool to dig up a road. <laughs> Are you saying Love and Monster will be better? If we go fetch, he'll turn fetch a spade. And he runs over to a council van, takes out the council spade. If Kel made a cameo, yeah, that would have been so good. Love and Monsters on Valentine's Day, it's simulcast, it's happening. They stole they our idea. A, they have the, uh, the guy who did, came up with the idea for the Absorber of tweeting along, and I can't believe that. Oh my God. Really? Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I might actually a... follow that Twitter a lot, tweet along. No, I might not watch don't. it again, but... <laughs> Oh, actually, I can tell. I can tell this anecdote now because I missed it last week, and then we will move on for the love of my insanity. <laughs> but I actually know the guy who played the young Elton Pope in the flashbacks in Love of Monsters. Of course, you're going to mention this. I am because <laughs> he go, he actually goes to this university, mm-hmm. and he tried flirting with me, and it was genuinely the most awkward experience of my life because he thought saying he was in Love and Monsters would work. <laughs> it did. It did not. It was no, like the, it was clearly waning. I was so uncomfortable, and he goes, "I'll end Doctor Who once." I'm like, "Really?" And I'm not saying that would have completely flip the script, but it would be interesting. And he went, "Well, which episode?" I was like, oh, "Love and Monsters." I'm like, "Oh." Uh. <laughs> I left shortly afterwards. Oh, but uh, I got no comment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And there's more to that story, but let's just leave it there. You should be glad that you got out before you got turned into a slab. Anyway, I'm, I know I'm not host, but I'm going to tangent this. We're going to talk about a good movie now. We're going to talk about the TV movie, which isn't scheduled. We watched it last year. We're not going to watch it again. That's a good movie. Let's just spend five minutes on the TV movie. So you've got Sylvester McCoy goes to San Francisco in 1999, gets shot, regenerates into Paul McGann, also the master there, and he's American... Um, he likes to dress for the occasion. <laughs> Am I allowed to talk about how much I hate Robert's Master? Robert's Master is so good. Shut up. You're wrong. so wrong. I, I, oh, God, he's awful. <laughs> okay, so... Why do you dislike Master, the Robert's Master? Robert's Master in the movie... Okay, first mm. of all, American. That's just a no anyway. Like, I mean, that's fair. Yeah, but they play into it. Wrong. It feels so wrong. Also, he's just... He's just irritating. Okay, so my he's opinion- not necessarily out of character, just irritating. My opinion on Roberts has changed a bit over time. So in a TV movie, hated him. In Lifeboat and the Death Boat, still not a fan of him, which presumably you're also not a fan of him in that uh, story. No. Um, but then he comes back in Day of a Master, which is another audio, and I actually I'm starting to like him in that one. Um, I didn't like then- him in Masterful either. In Masterful, like I really enjoyed his shtick though. Like, he just deliberately ruins Beavis's life. That's fantastic. I was enjoying that bit, right? And I was like, oh my gosh, this is making me really like Crispy. And then he turns up like, hey, hey, and then just ruins everything. And I'm like, really? You're meant to dislike that. So annoying. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't even in a good dislike way. It's let's not keep... like how the Walmart yeah. does stuff and it's let's cool. Keep, let's keep this but he wasn't even cool. Us, but yeah. <laughs> God, how is that thing that set you off the most? <laughs> he's coming back as well um, next month in his own box, and I'm so excited for it because he's going to get revenge against the Daleks for executing him in the TV movie. He has a grudge, and that's just so yeah, amusing yeah. to think. Is this how we get um, the Gordon Tipple to come back as the master? I, I really wish they would bring Gordon Tipple back for a cameo, at least. Um, what, he's what, else? I'm sorry, what else? He's done. Oh, God, he's Canadian. Never mind. <laughs> 
Golden Tipples expressed no interest, I think, in coming back to audios. However, just if they brought back Golden Tipple for his own adventure series, like Golden Tipple and Sylvester McCoy in Seven, The Last Adventure, it would be so fun. Well, he's not acted in anything since 2014, so he needs to work. Yes, pretty pretty big issue. I don't know, maybe he's retired. Okay. He's not he's not got a particularly uh, illustrious IDB page. He once played Trucker 2. Oh <laughs> iconic. Oh it's actually it was in something called Dark Water playing Therapy Man, which you need if you've watched Dark Water. <laughs> oh god. That did traumatize me a little bit. <laughs> But in a TV movie as well, uh, yeah. of all the issues I have with a TV movie, I do enjoy it overall. And Better Paul McGann, Paul McGann is the perfect doctor. I, I love him, him in, so much. In the 45 minutes he's on screen for, he is the doctor. He defines himself so quickly. We talk about, say, Jodie's doctor that, or some doctors need time to come into their role. And sometimes you won't see it until the end of their first season. Yet Paul McGann manages it in 40 minutes. And that's incredible. He deserved way more than he, he got. He manages it in like five. Yeah, like, pretty much. Not like even he, that, like one. Like He's immediately the, the doctor. There's the dumb scene where he phases in through the glass to get to Grace. Yeah, I don't He's the doctor. That, but I guess that's... The way his mannerisms act there, they are just the doctor. Yeah. And I, mean, I have one problem with the TV movie, and it's kind of what Frey was saying before, and it's inherent and you can't get rid of it. It's Americans writing Doctor Who. Americans can't write Doctor Who. They're That's Americans! Fact of life. But the TV theme, the TV movie theme is the best. Like the oh, it is a bop. I'm not saying there aren't good things about it. I'm just saying Americans. Yeah, it I have a love-hate hate relationship. It would have been made infinitely better had English people done it. Yeah. I have a love-hate relationship with this movie, but then Iris Wildtime makes an audio drama uh, where thought, she mocks this. I thought you were going to say you have a love-hate relationship with Americans. <laughs> no, that's only with a French. <laughs> My ancestors. Hi, Tom, and I don't listen to these, but <laughs> he actually listened to last week's one. I'm impressed. Yeah, because we, because I twice said you're taking the page of him not listening. <laughs> Can't wait for him to binge. No one misses Kent. <laughs> okay, let's just leave it there. So, uh, some questions. Yeah, well, I, I just want to make one point about. Peter Cushing before we do the questions because this has been stuck in my head for weeks now yeah is that Alan Davies tells a story on QI about Peter Cushing that he used to live in Whitstable and a local band had a song about him that went um, Peter Cushing lives in Whitstable I have seen him on his bicycle I have seen him buying vegetables Peter Cushing lives in Whitstable and that song lives in my head rent free Apparently you'll live in my head rent-free now as well. I'm going to be singing that as a TLC later, thank you. The only song that lives rent-free in my head is The Last Chance Saloon. I knew you were going to say that. Did anyone else know he was going to say that? I was waiting for it, and I knew I was going to dislike it when it happened. Like most things Christian does. Yeah, let's move on to questions. (laughs) We have one question from me. Yeah. And a message from Husok. (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to know what messages he has. Question I have is what serial doesn't have to be Daleks, doesn't have to be classic, just any serial, would you like to see remade as a Peter Cushing style film? The Web Planet. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. I want to see uh, what they do to the zombie. Kind of want to see the five doctors. <laughs> But I actually in Wait, serious this. Um, no, six doctors, Atkinson. Grant. <laughs> no, wait, who is it? 
Lumley. Lumley. Lumley's last. Oh, are there two Grant doctors? Richard E. Grant, yes, Hugh Grant. We get, yeah, we get Grant, Hugh Grant, and then I've forgotten his name, but the guy who plays Slughorn. Jim Broadbent? <laughs> That's, the one. That's why I got confused. I was like, okay, Grant. No, Another Grant. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They just I'd pick like their own classic um, and two bakers. Yeah, I'd like to see Destiny done just to see alternate Romana. I mean, Ooh. I know that... that How would that work really basic. if they have to be human? I don't know. Oh. Oh, that's the point. Yeah. It wouldn't. But you know what I would like to see, though? Make some rubbish explanation up for it, and I'd quite like to see how they did it. You know what I would like to see, though? The third film that died. Actually, <laughs> I want to see them. I actually want to see them do Schalke, just so uh, we have. Oh, gosh. Got... <laughs> I, I love Schalke. And I came up with that question. I thought Genesis. But that's just me. No, 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 no. It would be even worse. Well, like, Genesis the Daleks would be fun. Uh, maybe I should have given I want to see them do a take on the Cybermen. Make them do two more of the Cybermen. Yeah, that'd be fun. Oh, that'd be quite cool. Or if we're keeping with Cushing, then Tenth Planet, because then we can see their take on regeneration as well. No, he'd probably just die. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he would even, he's, he's just, just a human, but somehow an actor comes swooping in and like, okay, you. Be they literally like, roll him away. Like, there we go. You're done now. I'm the doc- I'm Doctor Who now. Well, it's like it's a mantle, right? It's a mantle passed it's down. The guy who played Ben Mendelsohn comes in. <laughs> I was going to say. I was just about to say whoever played him in Rogue One. It was a guy Henry, I believe his name, and he he regenerates into a CGI reconstruction of himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Don't that's... think the sixties could handle that. That was the that's one of the creepiest things I've ever seen in the cinema. But I'm sure if you've seen it, you'd agree. Because like I can dismiss it. Well, well, it's just that Ben Mendelsohn comes up and he's talking to him, and you, it's the same voice, and you see his reflection in the glass, and like, oh, they're brought by Peter Cushing by the reflection. That's so cool. And then he turns, turns around, around and, goes, and you're like, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. That film, I, I love that film enough to not care about that. I have a question, but it's semi-joke but just bear with me because there is a point to it it's not just to push you jacob okay <laughs> just what? before you say anything i know where you live <laughs> <laughs> so would doctor who as played by peter cushing pull the lever and before you get angry at me consider the file scene in the first movie that is true Right, what's the heaviest thing I've got to throw through your window? Um, <laughs> oh, I've got an empty bottle of crumb caramel. That'll do. Yeah, but but like, why target me when you could not? <laughs> should, should I count the ways? <laughs> if you have anything tinned, you'd target Tom, right? Yeah, old news. Okay, uh, just before we close off, I but know. Answer the question. Would you pull the lever? Don't care. <laughs> I think he would, just he to would. prove a point. Yeah, like, he he'd have Ian probably, but he'd wink at him from the sidelines and just a control booth be like, he'll be fine. Okay. And then Ian crashes through a bunch of files. <laughs> oh, we did okay. talk about that scene, though. What Before we finish, the scene where, like, that guy and Susan are driving down the street and just, like, knocking over Daleks is so... <laughs> me, me and my flatmates were watching it at this point, and the three of us in unison were like, come on, knock him over, knock him over. Yay! <laughs> okay, yeah, just what... Just one more point, and I think one of you mentioned it briefly, but they were going to do a third Peter Cushing film based the on chase, chase, the chase with, yeah. and they're going to have mechanoids, and that is a shame to have missed out. That's kind of all I have the to say. The trailer exists. It looks ridiculous. I want to see it anyway. Because <laughs> the mechanoids in this one are like made by humans, not their own thing on the planet. Like It's completely changed their origin story. 
Imagine changing an oh. origin story, right? Am I right? <laughs> changing, the origin, changing the origin story of the mechanoids, I know. <laughs> but yeah, okay. So I think we should leave that there. It's been a very nice to completely flounder through this discussion with you all. Next week, it's Valentine's Day. Love of monsters on the Valentine's Day. <laughs> well, we're not doing Love of Monsters again. We're showing all spin-offs. So we have Captain Jack Harkness, obviously Tortured, The Wedding of Sarah Jane Smith, obviously Sarah Jane Avengers, and Night Visiting, not obviously, class. I want to make one note unrelated to this. Uh, but can, I just make, can I just do my advertising and then you can make your notes close yes. off? You say this, this po- next podcast will be going out on Purple Radio at I believe half two. We've got a live slot for this one. Day, Sunday, next, well, not next week when you read it. But, oh, I don't know. Some Sunday. Well, the Sunday that is Valentine's Day. Yeah. Okay, Christian, make your mechanoids oh, point yes, and then we'll excellent. call it. This is for Freya, so she listens to it. In Queen of the Mechanoids, River is Queen of the Mechanoids and she rules over them and is pampered by them. It's hilarious. <laughs> she becomes and, their queen. <laughs> and on that note of lesbianism, let's call it there. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Purple Radio Podcasts. Thanks for downloading this Purple Radio podcast. For more great content and to listen live, head to purpleradio.co.uk.